Our guest on The Year That Made Me is t- today is Professor John Orasco, renowned pioneer in gene and stem cell therapies. John's head of the Gene and Stem Cell Therapy Program at the Centenary Institute, which is associated with the University of Sydney and the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. Over his career, John's helped change the way we understand human illness and recovery. Uh, you might recall John presented the 2018 Boyer Lectures on RN with a series called Life Reengineered that explores the power and dangers of biotechnology, gene and cell therapy to cure disease, prolong life and change the course of human evolution. Professor John Rasco, welcome to The Year That Made Me. Thanks, Jules. There's not many science boffins who get the honour of being on The Year That Made Me. So well, I'm we must attend to that, Indeed, absolutely. You will not be the last, we'll I promise. solve that today. <laughs> uh, John, uh, you are the son of a Holocaust survivor. Your, your father's parents were murdered in the concentration camps. Uh, could you tell us about what it was like for you growing up and of the impact of that terrible family tragedy on on you personally? Yeah, my father clearly uh, was a survivor. He was liberated from Dachau concentration camp and came out in 1951 when he was able, um, but he was always uh, looking forward. He wanted my brother and I, uh, my younger brother, to be Australians and did not want to look back. We begged him to teach us Mm. to speak Hungarian, for example, and he refused because he said, well, I want you to be Australians, I want you to be Aussies. And so it was a beautiful and and gorgeous childhood, a loving childhood, Uh, but nonetheless, um, I think there's this constant background feeling of dislocation and not really quite belonging because there's a a Jewish family and, and one that had that oppressive constancy of not having paternal grandparents in my life Mm. and knowing that they'd been murdered in Auschwitz and that dad had been liberated from Dachau, it's a constant thing that weighs on one's shoulders, but equally one doesn't make it present every day of one's life. So even the name Rasko uh, was made up from an earlier name, Roth, uh, because it sounded too Jewish. Mm. Um, All of those things converge on a on, on what, the way one sees the world and, and just a, an uncomfortable feeling of dislocation uh, and not really quite belonging. Mm. Uh, so w- w- where did you grow up in Australia? Uh, we, we, uh, I was born in Sydney in Randwick and then we moved uh, to the eastern suburbs. Music was always part of uh, our lives because my mother was a singer. Uh, she performed internationally and nationally and Dad pursued her because of her great beauty and because <laughs> she was a performer and my brothers become, uh, you know, a classical guitar player. So as a consequence, there was always jazz and music and fun at home uh, and that was one of the great joys and I pursued that at, at school as well and singing in the choir and, 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 and so on, but have no talent whatsoever well, in that regard. So. Well, well, hopefully pursuing a distinguished career in science hasn't been too much of a disappointment within the family. It was my fall back, fallback plan, <laughs> Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. Um, when did your interest in molecular biology start? I, I should say uh, it, it started uh, soon after my father passed away at the age of 15 uh, and, you know, that academic focus in, in our life, that was, it was what we were all about, uh, driving towards yeah. academic success. And so in, in, in my life, uh, basically, uh, I became terribly interested in the way the world works during my teenage years, but also kind of, again, driven by that loss of my father at, that, at a mm. relatively important age in the middle of my teenage years. But yeah, went to school, did extremely well, uh, and then, of course, uh, decided to go to university. And it was a bit of a flip up, to be honest, whether it was medicine or law, because I was, I was a reasonable uh, gift of the gab and so on. But 
I never regretted a single moment uh, having committed to, to medicine and, and, and uh, really lived that life with great pleasure. And, and indeed, the year you've chosen, John Rasco, as the year that made you comes from pretty early on um, in your, your medical journey. Uh, what year have you chosen and why? Well, uh, you know, as a science boffin, I, I need to point out to all of the listeners that uh, the year that made me technically was, of course, the year that I was conceived. <laughs> all right, good, so, yeah, fantastic. Okay, we're going to move along from that. Uh, I've got to get over that, but it really just kind of, you know, gets stuck in my it's head. It's a bit hard to talk about at length in, that, on the radio. That's right, that's right, where <laughs> mummy and daddy loved each other. There was, I, I won't pursue that any further. But the year that made me is, uh, of course, 1983. And that was the year that I was bitten by the re research bug. Because up until that year, everything had been didactic. Everything had been taught to me to receive and to learn. And there was a lot of rote learning, first at school and then, of course, at university. And I became incredibly frustrated at just receiving and never kind of processing or doing. Mm. That passive receipt of information. And so 1983 was this blissful year that we had called the Bachelor of Science Medicine, where you entered a great uh, professor's laboratory and were able to stuff around in the lab for a whole year in relatively supervised bliss. And you could pursue any silly ideas you wanted and try experiments and do things. And that changed my life forever. I've never, ever left that feeling of, th of thrilling uh, exploration and discovery when after maybe weeks or months of planning and experiment and executing, one, usually late at night, you see your data and for the first time realise that you've actually designed and done something and produced information that no other human mm. has ever known. And that, and that still thrills me every day and, and makes me skip to work as, as we try and pursue cures for genetic diseases using genes and cells. That's great. You can hear the passion uh, that you have for your research. We're speaking with John Rasco on The Year That Made Me. Um, and I love that phrase of... Uh, 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 Gently supervised or blissfully supervised um, experiment or whatever it was. Um, John, uh, you're the, the head of gene and stem cell therapy program at, at Centenary Institute. Could you tell us about the sort of work that you're doing in those programs and maybe how it compares mm. to the work that you were doing when the program started? Mm. So there really have been incredible changes. And I guess that one year, that 1983 year when I was studying an obscure area of DNA copying itself in, in bacteria, would you believe, led me to understand the basics of the way life is programmed, namely through DNA. Mm. And genetics is the study of DNA, uh, in, in essence, nowadays, of inheritance. And it allows us to uh, diagnose diseases and make pre predictions about diseases, but it, it's not a therapy. And so even back then, 40 years ago, I realised that there must be a better way to treat diseases. Um, and that is as what's led me to gene and cell therapies. Just think about it. It's, it's really so perverse when you think that our DNA is made up of just four different alphabet letters, C's, A's, G's and T's, as we call them, the chemicals of life. And one alteration out of one in three billion can lead to a lifetime of suffering. And that suffering is oftentimes in rare diseases. Um, but when you think about it, we often say these rare diseases, they're rare in number, but absolutely collectively common um, because there are some four to 7,000 rare diseases that affect humans. 80% of them are genetic in origin, and yet probably only 5% have any treatment. And most of the treatments are really symptomatic, or you have to take them for the rest of the li your life. So the 
idea of, for example, gene therapy is to correct what nature accidentally gave you in error uh, and put back the normal version of the gene or edit the gene or change the gene so that now you don't suffer from that. And that means we put the genes back into cells because genes are just chemicals that we uh, instruct cells to do things with. Uh, And so as a consequence, we need to have cell therapy in partnership with gene therapy. And that's basically what I've been pursuing for now 35 years plus. One of the many avenues in which you pursue is obviously the clinical therapies, but you're um, a widely published academic author, also um, the author of the book Flesh Made New, the uh, the unnatural history of broken uh, and broken promise of stem cells, which you co-wrote with historian Carl Power. Now, the publisher calls this, John, a wild historical tour of this scandal-prone field. Um, writing a book about, and I'm quoting here again, the blunders, setbacks, confusions and delusions, tricks and lies is an interesting decision for a reputable scientist uh, to make. Because this is RN, I'll ask you about the rationale for that approach uh, to popularising your field. Of course, I also really want to know some of the lurid details (laughs) as well. The lurid details. (laughs) Um, Well, of course. So I I couldn't be more passionate about stem cells and and we have completed one of the world's first uh, clinical trials using um, uh, reprogrammed stem cells to try and treat a severe complication of bone marrow transplantation. And that was wild, uh, widely hailed uh, internationally as, as a success a couple of years ago, and we're following that up. But there is so much false hope and um, misrepresentation of where we are in terms of progress. It's probably going to take decades to realise the dream of stem cell therapies, and yet we've been talking about it for decades as if it's already here, mm. and it's really not. The only proven... Uh, stem cell therapy in the world is still bone marrow transplantation and that's been available for more than 50 years and and changed millions of lives but nonetheless there are there is a multi-billion dollar industry in the world of stem cell hotels stem cell false hope uh, all over the world uh, there are people purporting to treat anything that ails you uh, with stem cells and it's just not true and so we wrote this book as a wake-up call and a warts and all description of some of these uh, snake oil salesmen and some of the people who've really misrepresented what's mm. actually going on. Absolutely. Well, look, it's been great uh, speaking with you, John. There's so many things I, I wanted to ask you, but time is getting away from us. Now, you know that we always uh, finish the year that made me by asking uh, for a song. Um, so could you tell us which song you've chosen and why? Well, I've chosen the song Beat It from 1983, which is, of course, the year that made me by Michael Jackson. And let me just say, I'm very happy about this selection right up front. Well done. Well, thank you so <laughs> much. I, th- I thought it was a little bit hip, uh, but it's from the Thriller a- album. And, you know, Michael Jackson, I, I still mourn his passing, uh, as I do other other musicians. He suffered as a child, as a megastar during those years, but and then, of course, became more controversial as the years went on. But the absolute pleasure and joy that Michael Jackson has brought to so many people, and when you listen to this music with Eddie Van Halen playing the riff, uh, it's, it's quite an extraordinary piece of music. And just one last coda is... You know, the, the Van Halen, David Lee Roth is, of course, the lead singer, and Roth was the original name for Rasko uh, in, in Hungarian. So that's why I've chosen Beat It. Highly appropriate. And uh, Professor John Rasko, thank you so much for uh, joining us on The Year That Made Me. Let's have a little bit of Beat It as we go out of The Year That Made Me on Sunday Extra.
And that, of course, is Beat It, Michael Jackson's hit from the album Thriller in 1982, but it was released as a single in 1983, which was the year chosen by our guest on The Year That Made Me, Professor John Rasco. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.